0: Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox, here are today's top stories. Republicans and Democrats agree that the Chinese Communist Party is a threat to human rights and America's economy. Now they're taking action to hold the CCP accountable for its human rights abuses. We hear a U.S. Senator's thoughts about it. Over one third of the Biden administration's one billion at-home test kits are made in China. This is drawing criticism from some members of Congress. They say manufacturing needs to be brought back to the US. The CEO weighs in on what needs to be done to make it happen. A Georgia doctor could lose his physician license over comments he made at a school board meeting. He's accused of spreading information that contradicts what's widely accepted. Since the pandemic started, traffic fatalities have increased in record numbers. National officials are blaming reckless driving behavior for the deadly surge. And the NFL's biggest star is retiring. We'll look at the injury that jump-started his career and how he went from bench player to star quarterback. A push for bipartisan support. President Biden today meeting with top senators on his Supreme Court pick. But critics are doubling down. NTD's Iris Tau with more on that
1: invited. uh, We're different parties, but two good friends down here.
0: That's President Biden at
2: his first formal meeting with lawmakers to discuss who's filling Justice Breyer's seat.
1: And I'm serious when I say it that I want the advice of the Senate
3: as well as the consent we can arrive on who the nominee should
2: be. Speaking to reporters, Biden said Judiciary Chairman Dick Durbin and the top Republican on the panel, Senator Chuck Grassley, are two good friends. But despite the push for bipartisan support, Republican Senator Ted Cruz on Tuesday doubled down on his criticism.
4: The Democrats are so casually racist. He says
2: Biden's vow to only consider black women is offensive to them.
4: There are black women who are very talented jurists who may well be be the appropriate nominee, but when, when Biden starts out by saying he has a quota system, he diminishes the achievements Of those African American women.
2: The White House fires back. The fact that not
4: a single black woman has served on the Supreme Court is a failure in the process, not a failure or a lack of qualified uh, black women to serve as Supreme Court justices.
2: This, as Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on Tuesday promised.
3: And once President Biden announces his nominee, I intend to have the Senate move quickly.
2: Biden made clear again that he will pick his nominee by the
0: end of February. Iris Tau, NTD News. New Japanese research backs up the use of ivermectin to treat COVID-19. Scientists have found that the antiviral medication puts up a fight against the CCP virus, even its Omicron variant. NTD's Miguel Moreno reports.
5: Japanese conglomerate Kowa says ivermectin had the same antiviral effect on all mutant strains, including alpha, delta, and omicron. Ivermectin is a drug that's been used by the World Health Organization for over 30 years to treat parasitic infections in humans. But the Food and Drug Administration and other health experts have advised against its use to treat COVID-19. COA says the antiviral drug suppresses invasion of the virus and inhibits its replication. The company expects ivermectin to be used as a therapeutic drug for all new coronavirus infectious diseases. COA is also currently carrying out a phase 3 clinical trial on the use of ivermectin to treat COVID-19. The drug has already been widely used in India, Brazil and other countries as a preventative measure. But the U.S. National Institutes of Health says there isn't enough data to recommend either for or against the use of ivermectin to treat the disease. Miguel Moreno, NTD News.
0: Doctors and other health experts risk being censored and even losing their licenses if they contradict mainstream pandemic narratives. A doctor in Georgia is experiencing this firsthand. He's under investigation over statements he made at a school board meeting. NTD's Miguel Moreno tells us what happened.
6: Vaccines do not stop the spread or prevent infections.
5: That's Dr. William Ray Lynch at a Cherokee County school board meeting last August.
6: Masks have side effects. Carbon dioxide
1: levels are higher in younger children.
5: In roughly three minutes, Dr. Lynch made several statements about COVID-19, vaccines, and masks. He's now under investigation, and he could lose his emergency doctor certification. Uh,
1: Someone had complained that I had violated a code of professionalism.
5: In a December letter to Lynch, the American Board of Emergency Medicine, known as the ABEM, said that making public statements that are directly contrary to prevailing medical evidence can constitute unprofessional conduct. Put another way, publicly saying what isn't widely medically accepted could violate the rule. The ABEM says the doctor may have violated their code at the school board meeting. In an email to Lynch, an emergency medicine board worker listed the doctor's comments in question, some of which are hotly contested. Lynch told me that he spoke at the meeting to support the school board's decisions, such as making masks and vaccinations optional. I
1: gave them a summary of 14 different articles and of the literature. I even left them copies of the literature invited a discussion if they had any questions Uh, basically my final conclusion was very simple it was to allow parents to discuss concerns with their physicians and make decisions regarding their children for masks and vaccines with informed consent
5: he says other speakers asked the school board to impose a mask mandate in a statement to NTD ABEM wouldn't comment on their investigation The board can only revoke Lynch's emergency doctor certification, but the doctor says that that violation could lead the state to revoke his physician license. And as all this plays out, Lynch continues to run for a seat on the Cherokee County School Board. Miguel Moreno, NTD News.
0: Measures to protect public health could now be causing a health threat of their own. That's according to a new report from the World Health Organization. The report points to the tens of thousands of tons of medical waste produced during the pandemic. Here's more on that story. The World Health Organization is warning that the waste produced
7: from pandemic measures poses a threat to both human and environmental health. This waste includes tens of thousands of tons of medical supplies and personal protective equipment such as masks. The warning comes from a new report released Tuesday. It's based on the amount of medical equipment distributed worldwide through a joint UN initiative between March 2020 and November 2021. According to the report, of the 87,000 tons of PPE shipped, the majority ended up as waste. The 8 billion-plus doses of vaccine administered globally has created 144,000 tons of waste. This is in the form of syringes, needles, and safety boxes and a potential 731,000 liters of chemical waste could be generated by the 140 million test kits shipped. That's about one-third of an Olympic-sized swimming pool. The WHO noted that as the UN and countries worldwide raced to secure supplies amid the pandemic, officials were less focused on safely and sustainably managing the waste. The authors of the report are calling for effective management systems to be implemented and recommend using eco-friendly packaging, safe and reusable PPE, and recyclable or biodegradable materials. They also called for more investment into ways to get rid of the waste without the need to burn it, as well as recycling facilities.
0: Is your family among the more than 60 million U.S. households that have ordered a free at-home COVID-19 test kit? If so, it may be made in China. Over one-third of the kits are. This has sparked criticism from some members of Congress who say relying on China for medical supplies is a national security threat. NTD's Grace Coulter has details on the kits and on what can be done to bring more manufacturing to the U.S.
8: Of the one billion at-home COVID-19 test kits being sent to Americans by the Biden administration, about one-third are from a Chinese manufacturer. Just over 350 million kits are from iHealth Labs, a California subsidiary of Chinese medical gear manufacturer Andon Health. The company has won contracts for the White House rollout worth roughly $1.8 billion. And while this has been touted by Chinese state media, not everyone is happy about it. Congressman Rob Whitman told The Epoch Times that the U.S. should be supporting hardworking Americans and businesses and not relying on unfriendly regimes. Whitman, a Republican, said in an email to the outlet, if we should have learned anything from this pandemic, it is that it's imperative to break U.S. dependence on Chinese medical and personal protective equipment supply chains. Congressman Brad Winstrop expressed a similar view and described the reliance on China for medical supplies as a national security issue, as well as a national health security issue.
9: I think the bigger question is why aren't we manufacturing more stuff here?
8: Gerald comes Young is the CEO of Todos Medical. His company manufactures COVID-19 tests in China, Korea, and the U.S. He says it's not surprising that the administration is sourcing tests from China because, he says, the cost is much higher in the U.S. He says this is due to a lack of automation and infrastructure and says it's up to the government to work with U.S. companies to fix this.
9: There were many plans uh, that existed before. I personally know several mask manufacturers that were supposed to have loans guaranteed by the SBA uh, that those loans fell through. And therefore, they did not set up those mask manufacturing plants. I'm certain uh, that it's the same for uh, test kits. I, uh, We were looking at doing manufacturing ourselves and it became so burdensome uh, because the faith that there would be a market for these tests was so low that nobody would finance it. Uh, and therefore, we didn't do it. And, and therefore, when we buy kits, we have to buy them from some subsidiary of a Chinese company.
8: Komen Young says it's incumbent upon the government to make funding available or guarantee loans to allow US manufacturers to grow so that the products can be made here. Congressman Whitman is calling for the administration and members of Congress to lead by example and advocate for medical
0: equipment to be made at home. Grace Coulter, NTD News. Since the pandemic started, Americans have been driving more dangerously. That's according to the Department of Transportation, which says traffic deaths across the country are now at their highest levels since 2006. NTD's Jason Perry has that story.
6: Before 2019, the number of traffic fatalities had fallen for three years straight. But since the pandemic, the nation has seen a record pace of traffic-related fatalities. In the first nine months of 2021, the number of U.S. traffic-related deaths surged to over 31,000, which is 12 percent higher than the year before. That represents the highest percentage increase for any nine-month period since the Transportation Department began recording fatal crash data in 1975. States like Nevada and Idaho saw a roughly 30% increase in traffic-related deaths in 2021 compared to 2020. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or NHTSA, blamed reckless driving behavior for the increases during the pandemic. They cited behavioral research that indicates speeding and traveling without a seatbelt have been higher than normal. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has pledged to help reverse this trend by providing federal guidance to spur states to lower speed limits and embrace safer road designs. NHTSA also plans to move forward on rulemaking to require automatic emergency braking on all new passenger vehicles and to emphasize crash avoidance features such as lane keeping assistance but they haven't set any firm deadlines for action so far. Jason Perry, NCD News, New York.
0: Today Senator Joe Manchin said President Biden's Build Back Better bill is dead. This is the West Virginia Senator's strongest language to date. It now appears that any of the Democrats' top domestic priorities will have to arise from fresh negotiations. Manchin says the roughly $2 trillion Build Back Better bill is too expensive and could further fuel inflation. Other Democrats say the bill would help families handle rising costs by using federal aid to pay for their health care and education costs. And anyone who has ever gotten a ticket for rolling through a stop sign knows you have to come to a complete stop, no matter what. And Tesla is paying the price for ignoring that rule of the road. Cars in Tesla's self-driving beta program have been programmed to roll through stop signs so long as no other cars or people are around. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration isn't having it. The agency issued a safety recall forcing Tesla to make its cars obey stop sign laws. According to Tesla, this will impact close to 54,000 vehicles in its self-driving program. The company doesn't like the word recall since the issue will be fixed with an over-the-air software update. Tesla says no cars in its program have been involved in any accidents since it launched in 2020. And lawmakers from both sides of the aisle are unified on the threat China poses to human rights and America's economy. Congress this week is gearing up to pass a bill meant to hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable. But one Republican lawmaker wants to go further. Representative Steve Shabbat of Ohio today proposed levying sanctions to prevent forced organ harvesting from Falun Dafa practitioners. And Senator John Tester tells NTD he's expecting the bill to pass after a genuine bipartisan discussion on this critical issue. NTD's Melina Weiskop has more for us.
4: The House this week is starting work on a new competition bill meant to boost American innovation and help us with global competitiveness, particularly competition with China. The Senate already passed their version of the bill and now Senators are pushing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to move quickly to get it done. On Tuesday, Senator Raphael Warnock sent a letter to Speaker Pelosi, writing that the effort will increase resilience in America's supply chains while decreasing resilience on other countries. The House today getting started.
6: I think the subject of today's hearing is such that we can move together in a uh, a process that we haven't seen much lately.
4: And it goes further than economic initiatives. It takes action to address human rights. It would impose sanctions for human rights abuses of Uyghurs in Xinjiang. But one Republican representative is pushing for more. To levying sanctions for involuntary organ harvesting from the Falun Gong. Falun Gong is a spiritual practice that has faced brutal persecution in China since 1999. And Chabot hopes this new bill will provide the occasion to consider stronger actions to hold the CCP accountable for its human rights atrocities. Tough policies like these ought to be included. The competes bill also invests money into Hong Kong, $10 million to promote democracy. Unlike the Senate version of the bill, the Competes Act invests in climate change. Some Republicans say the bill isn't strong enough. They want more action, especially cracking down on Chinese Communist Party spies who are stealing intellectual property. Senator John Tester tells us that's an issue that needs to be addressed.
10: I think it's very relevant.
4: You think it should be in this bill?
10: Uh, I I am not a stickler for turf. Uh, If we can get it addressed, if it has to be addressed in this bill, go ahead and do it.
4: The bill is expected to pass quickly in the Democrat-controlled House, and then, will, and then it will be reconciled with the Senate version. Democrats are really hoping this process will move quickly so that Biden will have an accomplishment to speak about at his State of the Union address come March 1st. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Mexico's
0: central banks as remittances, or the money migrants send home to their relatives, grew by 27 percent in 2021. That brought the year's total remittances sent to Mexico to over $50 billion. NTD's Jason Perry has the details.
6: The remittances sent from migrants to their relatives in Mexico surpassed almost all other sources of Mexico's foreign income, including tourism, oil exports, and most manufacturing exports. Remittances as a percentage of Mexico's GDP have almost doubled over the past decade, growing from 2 percent of GDP in 2010 to almost 4 percent in 2020, according to the Mexican government. Not one out of every 20 households in Mexico receives remittances. On the one hand, the spike may be a matter of need caused by the pandemic. But on the other hand, the growth in remittances may have been fueled by increased job opportunities for migrants in the United States. Mexico is now the third largest recipient of remittances in the world, behind only India and China. The Mexican central bank said Tuesday, the phenomenon doesn't appear to be stopping anytime soon, as remittances in December grew to almost $5 billion. That's about a 30% increase compared to the same month in 2020. Jason Perry, NTD News.
0: Coming up, a fertilizer plant is on fire in North Carolina and authorities have stopped trying to put it out. They say there's too high a risk of chemical explosion. City officials are now urging thousands of residents to evacuate the area. And in the NFL, how did Tom Brady get his opportunity to go from bench player to superstar? We'll look into that and more here on NTD News. Authorities had to abandon firefighting efforts at a North Carolina fertilizer plant because of the risk of a chemical explosion. Officials are now urging thousands of residents to evacuate the area. NTD's Chani Wu has the details. About
11: 6,500 people are being told to evacuate their homes in Winston-Salem, North Carolina after a fire started Monday evening at a fertilizer plant.
6: Uh, April shook our house. Um, We weren't sure what it was. Uh, When else? I opened up my front door, and the entire sky was nothing but orange i was scared i started crying i
11: had a panic attack because i didn't know what was happening winston-salem fire chief trey mayo says the top concern is a possible explosion since the plant stores potentially explosive ammonium nitrate
12: there's somewhere between 300 and 600 tons of ammonium nitrate
11: to put that in perspective mayo says in 2013 a west texas fertilizer plant caught fire and exploded killing 15 people and destroying around 150 buildings and that plant had a lot less ammonium nitrate and was in a less densely populated area than the one in North Carolina.
12: I just want to, to uh, convey the gravity of this situation. There is could, could be almost three times that much ammonium nitrate in this facility on North Cherry Street.
11: The firefighting operation had to be abandoned after the blaze spread to a rail car containing the ammonium nitrate.
12: We are not going to go back in and investigate closely uh, for, for 48 hours which would be a 6:30 or 7 o'clock Wednesday
11: but video footage from a drone showed several large smoke plumes rising from the site residents within a one-mile radius of the fertilizer plant are being urged to evacuate and stay away from their homes for 48 hours
6: you know I'm hoping that my house will still be there uh, when this is over
11: no injuries have been reported so far and the cause of the fire is not yet known Chani
0: Wu, NTD News. Tom Brady's retirement ends one of the most successful careers in NFL history. Not bad for a sixth-round draft pick who rode the bench as a rookie. NTD's Dave Martin has more.
1: Tom Brady's career was forever altered back in 2001 when Jets linebacker Mo Lewis drilled then-Patriots starting quarterback Drew Bledsoe as he was scrambling toward the sideline. With Bledsoe out indefinitely, Bill Belichick turned to the second-year quarterback Brady to take his place, a position he would never relinquish. When Bledsoe was ready to return two months later, Belichick told his franchise quarterback that Brady was still a starter. By that time, the Patriots were rolling. New England won 10 of their last 12 games en route to the playoffs where Brady would deliver his first Super Bowl win. Two years later, Brady and the Patriots won their second Super Bowl and then repeated as champs the next season. In 2007, New England brought in Hall of Fame receiver Randy Moss to pair with Brady. The result was Brady's greatest regular season ever, winning the first of his three MVP awards and a near-perfect 18-1 season ruined only by the Giants in the Super Bowl. By 2014, Brady and the Patriots were back in the winner's circle, winning three more Super Bowls in a five-year stretch. After a shocking split from New England following the 2019 season, a 43-year-old Brady did the unthinkable and won another Super Bowl, his seventh, this time without Belichick. Brady retires with more Super Bowl wins than any other player or franchise in NFL history while somehow extending his prime years past his 44th birthday. Dave Martin, NTD News, New
0: York. Audiences in the States and in Spain are marveling at a classical Chinese dance performance. They say it's inspirational and unforgettable. Here's more.
13: I'm speechless. It's wonderful. You'll be inspired. Unforgettable. Unforgettable.
7: Audiences said they were captivated by the production.
13: It was
10: fascinating. It was beautiful. It, the dancing's phenomenal. The choreography.
14: I, I just loved it.
7: Shen Yun 2022 has been performing all over the states and Europe, attracting audiences from all walks of life. I'm
10: at a loss for words to describe how I really feel right now because the show was extraordinary. I think
12: this show is spectacular. Spectacular on the musical level. On the dance level. It was super complete, incredible.
9: In scenario,
12: On stage, it was like you could feel the vibrations come to you. I don't know how to explain it. The dance, the costumes, the silks, it was marvelous. For a moment, it is as if you were transported.
10: All of the performances come down to kindness, beauty and goodness. Unfortunately, these sacred values are not so common in today's society, so the show was like a breath of fresh air.
7: For thousands of years, traditional art forms such as music and dance were integrated into Chinese life, expressing benevolence beauty, and many other virtues.
13: I thought the show encapsulated the traditions of beauty, the art of ancient China, and celebrated compassion, faith, forgiveness, and it was the most memorable experience I've had in a live performance. This performance reconnected me, to the energy within all of us and the diversity, the true diversity in all of us, which is the divine, the love and the compassion that connects us all. And that's, that's more than enough reason for everyone to see the show.
7: Unfortunately, these ancient traditions and values are lost in today's China.
15: I know what China is today and um, I, I long for what China could be tomorrow.
7: Since 2006, Shen Yun has traveled around the world with one goal, to revive the traditional Chinese culture from before communism.
15: Well, I think from the American side is to understand more of what the Chinese people are and not what their government does. So more of these performances would enlighten us as to uh, the history of the Chinese people. It's, It's a culture that uh, we should th- uh, thrive to
4: be. It's a call
10: for attention to this world that is unfortunately built on hedonism and materialism. We saw how the truth, the goodness, the beauty can degenerate into hatred and tyranny, like Chinese communism, which is not the essence of Chinese civilization. Indeed, the show is very recommendable and very timely.
0: NTV News. Coming up, authorities have arrested a suspect in Colorado who allegedly made mass shooting threats against individuals at UCLA. The school held all classes remotely today as a precaution. And police in the California Bay Area released footage of an officer-involved shooting at the San Francisco International Airport. The man involved appeared to draw weapons on the officers. That and more after the break. Suspect, who allegedly made mass shooting threats against individuals at the University of California, Los Angeles, or UCLA, has been taken into custody. That's according to school officials. UCLA held all classes remotely today as a precaution, but says it'll resume in-person learning tomorrow. Police have identified the suspect as Matthew Christopher Harris, a former UCLA lecturer. Harris allegedly sent a video referencing a mass shooting and an 800-page manifesto filled with violent threats against members of the UCLA community. The campus police department said it worked with the FBI and Colorado law enforcement on the investigation. Authorities tracked Harris to his home in Boulder, where he was arrested after a standoff. And officials released surveillance footage of a shooting that happened at San Francisco International Airport earlier this month. The suspect said he was carrying a gun, and when he appeared to raise it, the officers fired.
15: The 37-year-old man was fatally shot on January 20th after acting suspiciously inside San Francisco International Airport. The man, named Nelson Zetto, claimed he was armed with two guns. However, he was carrying airsoft replicas which are not real firearms. San Francisco Police Department Commander Paul Yep said officers received calls shortly before 7.30am about a suspicious man in the international section. The calls said he had no luggage and was holding his midsection area as if trying to hide something. When officers approached Zeto, he pulled out what appeared to be a gun from his jacket. He said to them he had another gun and this one's loaded. Additionally, Seto told officers to shoot him center mass as well as thanking them for their service. A negotiator told Seto to put down the guns and said the police wanted to help. After Seto dropped one gun, he appeared to draw another gun and officers fired. He fell backwards and police fired once more when he appeared to reach for the gun again. The police administered aid to Seto before medics arrived. However, he succumbed to the injuries. The California Department of Justice is now investigating the incident.
0: There's a controversy in one Silicon Valley city over digital billboards. Some say the billboard pollutes the city's visual appeal and one local put up his own billboards to challenge city policy. Here's more from NTD's David Lamb.
16: We're in Santa Clara where digital billboards such as these can be found. But in a neighboring city, San Jose, new billboards have been outright banned since 1985. San Jose prohibited new billboards decades ago in order to beautify the city. Recently, several digital billboards were proposed to be created at the San Jose airport for revenue, but the local airport commission rejected it over pushback from the community. A grassroots group told NTD that the billboard revenue would be mediocre. From the city's point of view, they see it as a revenue generating, even though it's a drop in the bucket. Like we calculated it would be a fraction of 1% of the city annual budget of revenue local resident hemp says some residents are against digital billboards in general and we're just hoping that we can keep san jose's unique character and visual appeal instead of becoming like any place usa you know where every other town in in the country has digital billboards everywhere in one part of san jose these digital billboards on gish road appeared to be put up in 2018 without obtaining permits
1: i built some signs in the city
3: without any permits and then challenged the uh, right to even have a permit because of their
12: unconstitutional sign scheme. That's where I'm at.
16: Herson, the owner of the billboards, told NTD he's currently in litigation with the city over his free rights as a local. He says the city is exclusively allowing large companies to bid for billboard spots.
1: They made it impossible for anybody else to even bid on these things. Some of the requirements were you had to have worked with a government uh, entity for a number of years, three, four years have to have a certain net
15: worth, they purposely excluded everybody.
16: Entity reached out to the mayor for comments but did not receive a response. Hurston said people can turn off their billboards after 10 p.m. at night to avoid light pollution, but that there's already a myriad of other lights coming from the city. Herson says he hopes the council approves the new billboards because he plans to sue the city over unconstitutionality. According to Scenic America, an organization that aims to preserve the nation's land, the states of Vermont, Hawaii, Maine, and Alaska all prohibit billboards. On February 15th, the San Jose City Council will vote on whether or not to approve the digital billboards at the airport. If approved, they would be the first legally built digital billboards in the city. David Lamb, Entity News, California.
0: Coming up, nearly 10,000 residents in a southern Chinese city are driven to quarantine sites overnight. That's because of the potential exposure to several positive Omicron cases. And the British Prime Minister meets with Ukraine's president in Kiev to offer support as tensions with Russia grow. The government has announced $120 million of funding to help reduce Ukraine's reliance on Russian energy supplies. That and more here on NTD News. 10,000 people in one Chinese city transported to a quarantine center. Thousands were seen lining up for hours in the rain, including parents with babies and the elderly. NTD's Tiffany Meyer has more.
17: New reports from the southern Chinese city of Hanzhou are painting a dreary picture. That's as nearly 10,000 people lined up outside for hours waiting in the rain to be quarantined. Friday afternoon, the city opted to send residents from two communities into controlled quarantine. A company located in one of them was found to have several positive Omicron infections, and many of the company's workers also live locally. Over 9,000 residents live there. City officials touted the move, saying they transferred 300 bus loads containing nearly all residents to isolation centers. But residents suffer a lot from the rush transfer.
7: MEN AND WOMEN, YOUNG AND OLD, A TWO-MONTH-OLD BABY IN ITS MOTHER'S ARMS, ALL PUT UNDER QUARANTINE. THEY ALSO TRANSFERRED OLD PEOPLE IN WHEELCHAIRS. A post complaint READS THAT RESIDENTS HAD TO LINE UP IN THE RAIN FOR A
17: COUPLE OF HOURS, AND THEN WERE PACKED INTO THE BUS AND CONTINUED WAITING FOR ANOTHER HOUR.
7: FOR THOSE UNDER QUARANTINE, THERE IS NO WAY FOR THEM TO GET OUT. They won't let you out. As for supplies, they put a stool at your door, knock on your door, and put the meals on the stool. Some residents doubt the massive transfer will
17: lead to more infections. But the authorities don't seem to care. Some are commenting, for the government, it's okay if you don't die in the city. That's what they call basically zero cases. Dr. Zhang from Beijing Judicial System says the so called basically zero case is merely a word game.
10: They will transfer all potential positive cases outside the city, thus to create a basically zero-case situation in the city.
17: Hangzhou reported 13 new cases the last day of January. All are found in the centrally controlled quarantine site. Due to the Chinese Communist regime's history of cover-up, NTD cannot verify the real number of the cases. And while some must stop working to quarantine, it seems others must continue working, but without pay. But now they are speaking up. An angry crowd broke into the building of a real estate company. They had been begging for days outside. The group says they are owed wages. They are mostly migrant workers. And in the southern Chinese province of Guangxi, another group held banners asking for their wages. Some of these migrant workers turned to local officials for help. In the central Chinese city of Luoyang, another group of migrant workers held signs, begging for the money owed to them.
14: Luoyang市, the young people and people are the city for
17: it's not only the migrant workers who suffer. A video shows a group of people gathering in front of an agricultural bank of China building. They appear to be accusing the bank of illegal lending. The group alleged that an illegal operation cost them their homes. They say they're appealing to the authorities, but that it's hard for them to have a voice. <laughs> Thousands of families reportedly became homeless due to the bank's actions. No word yet as to the bank's response.
0: British Prime Minister Boris Johnson met with the Ukrainian president today in Kiev to reaffirm the UK's support for Ukrainian sovereignty. The government announced it would send about $120 million to Ukraine to aid good governance and energy independence in the country. This report comes from NTD's Eddie Aitken.
3: The Prime Minister greeted by Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky at the Marinsky Palace in Kiev, A meeting to assure Ukraine of the UK's intent to defend the rule of law in the country. Ahead of his arrival, Johnson posted on Twitter: "As a friend and a democratic partner, the UK will continue to uphold Ukraine's sovereignty in the face of those who seek to destroy it. Following a statement by Zelensky, Johnson spoke of the hostility facing Ukraine in the form of Russia troops amassing at its borders.
7: It goes without saying that a further Russian invasion of Ukraine would be a political disaster, a humanitarian disaster, in my view it would also be for Russia, for the world, a military disaster
3: as well. The government announced on Tuesday it would send £88 million pounds in aid to Ukraine to support a stable government and energy independence away from Russia. The UK and other countries will be judged by
7: the people of Ukraine and the world on how
3: we respond and how we help. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin said the US and its allies have ignored Russia's top security demands as he hosted Prime Minister Viktor Orban in the Kremlin. there are his first comments on the standoff with the West over Ukraine in more than a month. Putin said he hoped dialogue on Ukraine would continue in order to avoid negative scenarios, including war. Britain is working to de-escalate the crisis. On a separate visit earlier on Tuesday, Defence Secretary Ben Wallace met with his counterpart at the Croatian capital Zagreb.
13: Speaking of the security situation in Eastern Europe, we agree that it is of great concern, and we hope it will not escalate.
3: Henceforth, a diplomatic solution is necessary at this moment. Wallace said NATO, the European Union and Britain all hold that Ukraine's sovereign territory must be respected. He said Britain will defend the country's right to self-determination. In the United Kingdom stands shoulder to shoulder in defending the right of sovereign countries to choose their destiny. What they choose is almost secondary to that sacred right to choose as a sovereign state how it wishes to secure its security and indeed what choices it makes to join whether NATO or not. Eddie Itkin, NTD News.
0: And in Ukraine, men with ordinary day jobs are coming together on weekends to train as Ukrainian army reservists. They meet in an abandoned construction site on the outskirts of Kiev to prepare for any war breaking out with neighboring Russia. Here's more.
12: In the week, Alexander is an IT programmer and Konstantin freelances in online advertising. But on Saturday, the two met others in an abandoned construction site on the outskirts of Kiev to train as Ukrainian army reservists, ready to be called up in the event of war breaking out with neighboring Russia. Nervous over the threat of some 120,000 Russian troops mass near the border with Ukraine, Kiev has launched a new territorial defence force this year. It wants to build this up into a core of some 130,000 people. They may stand little chance against the much bigger and better equipped professional Russian army. But the group could be tasked with protecting civilian sites in Kiev amid any conflict. Konstantin has avoided any contact with the military after serving a year in the eastern Donbas region in 2014 during Ukraine's general mobilization. Now though, he wants to be prepared.
13: It doesn't really fit to my life. I didn't really want this. After the demobilization, I avoided everything related to war. I guess I've had a big enough break from it. But now, the situation is such that it's needed.
12: Around 70 locals came to train on Saturday, some in full infantry gear with hunting rifles and combat experience from when Russia annexed Crimea in 2014. Others in sneakers and casual sportswear were handed mock wooden rifles. Alexander said he wants to join up before it's too late.
3: Already I'm uh, mid-thirties, so I think this is the time for me to join. And then, uh, I understand that a lot of people, uh, they've grown up faster, like they 18, they can participate and defend our country, but uh, for me this is the time.
12: The United States has warned that a military intervention is likely and imminent. And the West has threatened Russia with heavy economic sanctions should it invade Ukraine again. Moscow insists it does not want a war, but it has also dismissed calls to withdraw its troops, saying it can deploy them as it sees fit on its own territory. It has cited the Western response as evidence that it is the target, not the instigator of aggression. Now going to Austria.
0: Compulsory COVID 19 vaccinations are coming into effect this week. There are mixed feelings about the mandate. Some people say they feel a mandate would be counterproductive, whereas others say they see it as a means to an end. Austria is introducing mandatory COVID
7: vaccinations this week, although the authorities will not start checking people's vaccination status until mid March. The mandate remains a controversial topic with mixed feelings within the community.
18: I am not sure mandatory vaccinations are helpful, but they are the only way out. There are so many people who oppose vaccinations and who would never do it voluntarily, sadly.
7: Austria's health ministry says people who do not comply will be committing an administrative offence.
13: I generally support vaccinations. However, I would have preferred getting this done without making it mandatory. So, I don't necessarily support mandatory vaccinations, but I definitely support vaccinations. I have been vaccinated three times two shots plus the booster shot, and I support vaccinations. However, making it mandatory is probably counterproductive because it splits society, something we want to avoid.
7: From mid March, police will carry out random checks, and offenders will face legal proceedings. The rule applies to people aged 18 and over with an address in Austria. Currently, around 72% of Austrians are vaccinated. The vaccine mandate is set to last until 2024, but could be ended sooner if circumstances allow. Some wonder how strictly the law will be enforced, with hopes that it won't be seen all the way through. Faye Quarter, NTD News.
0: In Spain, more than 35,000 nursing home residents are suspected to have died from COVID-19, mostly during the first months of the pandemic. Now, relatives of those who died are concerned that authorities didn't properly investigate suspected criminal neglect at those homes. Here's NTD's Eddie Aitken with more.
3: In a new report, Amnesty International accuses Spanish prosecutors of failing to properly investigate scores of cases linked to COVID-related deaths of residents in nursing homes. Its Spain director said, in some cases, authorities closed the investigations without contacting staff or victims' families. There is a risk of absolute impunity for the deaths of uh, in-care homes during the first wave. We are talking about, uh, in general, during the pandemic, about 35,000 people. The group said that almost 90% of investigations opened by the public prosecutor last January into more than 200 cases of suspected criminal neglect at nursing homes were dropped, without any clear consequences for those involved. Enriqueta Lopez said her elderly mother, who suffered from Parkinson's disease, drowned in her own vomit in a care home in Barcelona, where nearly half of the residents died after Covid struck.
18: They had one person to take care of 23 elderly people who were 100% dependent. That person could not deal with it and would just leave after two days because they could not keep going in that kind of job.
3: She said staff from a nearby health center found other residents died from malnutrition or infected bed sores. Angela Areba's mother died in a Madrid nursing home after its operators refused to transfer her to a hospital when she tested positive for COVID-19.
18: The public prosecutor is not investigating and that should be their obligation as they are here to protect the citizens and they are not doing it. Judges do not take control of cases and nobody listens to us.
3: Eddie Itkin, NTD News.
18: Coming up, the world's first
0: all-electric passenger plane may be just weeks away from its first flight. And youngsters in Australia are trying their hands at beekeeping as the Billion Bees Foundation promotes a threatened native species with no sting in its tail. That and more on NTD News. The world's first all-electric passenger plane is almost ready to hit the skies. The company Aviation calls this new aircraft Alice. Its prototype first debuted in 2019. The Israeli company says the electric commuter plane can carry up to nine passengers for one hour and has a max cruise speed of 287 miles an hour. Since December, it has been going through low-speed taxi tests in Seattle. A high-speed taxi test could come in the next few weeks. Aviation CEO says Alice may be just weeks away from its first flight. And pet ownership has grown worldwide during the pandemic. And now in Australia, some youngsters are trying beekeeping. It's an effort to help protect the threatened native species, which which has no sting in its tail. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more
14: up close and personal with some of Australia's most important pollinators and not a stinger in sight. For some, Australian native stingless bees are becoming the pet of choice. Severio Russo is the founder of the Billion Bees Foundation, a bee conservation organization.
15: Look, I was surprised how a lot of people actually didn't know that actually they exist. And as soon as they hear the word stingless, they gravitate towards this and they want to find out a little bit more. And then when they see how gentle they are and tiny, uh, they all want it because it's a best pet.
14: From the more than 2,500 types of native bees found in Australia, these are the only species in Sydney that live in a colony and make honey. They are one of just 12 species that are stingless. Amateur bee rescuers are stepping in to raise awareness about the bee, hoping education will help boost the bee's popularity. Russo hopes kids' curiosity will be an asset in the fight to save these bees and other insects.
15: Kids have a natural inquisitive to actually learn about biology and insects. And when you've got them at your doorstep, you can actually observe them. And then all of a sudden, I've seen with my kids how they're starting to observe not just the bees itself, the the stingless ones, but also other type of insects.
14: It did not take long for Russo's love for the bees to spread to his neighbors, with more than 20 homes on the street in Blakehurst, South Sydney, wanting a hive of their own. Now more than 100 hives have been installed in backyards, parks, and childcare centers in and around Blakehurst.
15: I was very fortunate at first because as soon as I started asking on the street here, pretty much every single person here has one of our hives.
14: The Billion Bees Foundation expects many more will continue to come on board, and join the effort to save this threatened species. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: A new kind of janitor can be seen in Sweden, crows. A Swedish enterprise is testing a reward-based system where the wild birds help humans pick up trash. Crows are picking up cigarettes and dropping them into a bin. Peanuts are then dispensed as a reward. According to their website, Corvid Cleaning says the bin will tell litter apart from other items, such as stones and leaves, and only reward litter. The birds take part as much or as little as they wish, and the only human involvement is to empty the bin and refill the food. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox.